Earshot with Steve Martin. Yes, new series, and this is Earshot. It's the Radio Promotions production and marketing podcast. Thank you for downloading. I am Steve Martin. If you want show notes for everything we do here, have a look at earshotcreative.com. Earshotcreative.com. Joining me now is a composer. He's Ollie Melville-Smith, works a lot with uh, Wise Buddha, who you'll know uh, for their work on Orion, Bauer, Radio 1's Breakfast Show, and of course Radio 2, a big gig there. And Ollie, uh, you've worked on a lot of those projects. Yep, lots of fun. I mean, as you said, uh, Radio 2 uh, at the end there, that's that's quite a, a diverse one, really, if you look at Radio 2 and the music that they play everything from, uh, from well, kind of... Uh, up-to-date music through to country and jazz and uh, music from the last five decades right through to Radio 1, BBC Radio 1 and Orion who are playing the, the sort of the biggest hits of today. It's a, a good fun fun spectrum. And your story I think is a lovely story. You started your radio career in Guildford, county town of Surrey. I certainly did, yeah. And I know what that's like. And, <laughs> and from this week you'll be hearing your work, your jingles, every day on the very station that made you. Yeah, so, so I, um, I, I started living in Guildford in, in uh, 1996, did my A-levels here, and uh, then really wanted to sort of fly the nest and then run away and, and, and go to university somewhere miles away, were it not for the fact that uh, the University of Surrey had the excellent Tonmeister music and sound recording course. Um, and so I managed to get a place on that and had four years of lots of fun, uh, basically indulging in my passion of, of writing and recording music and, and learning other things. And then ended up the other side of that thinking, right, it's time to uh, get a job somewhere in, in the field of writing and, and recording music. And, and uh, I was also interested in radio as well at the time and sent out lots of letters to different people. And pretty much the only person to get back to me was... was uh, uh, Eagle Radio, 96.4 The Eagle, and uh, they took me on one day a week doing work experience on The Breakfast Show with Peter Gordon. So that was my my initial uh, sort of trip into radio, if you like. Uh, and Peter Gordon's been doing The Breakfast Show on that station since uh, since it started. 20 years, isn't it, almost? And he's still on air every day now. He certainly is, yeah. Yeah, waking up Surrey and Hampshire. <laughs> and uh, tell me a little bit about Tonmeister, because that's a, a singularly well-regarded music technology course. I suppose the best way of describing it is it's, it's, it's a third of it is about recording music, which is all the way through from pop music to classical music, um, through to kind of understanding how... Uh, audio devices work there's a lot of acoustics and maths and electronics and and stuff like that and the other third of it is learning about music itself uh, mostly classical music based um, but um, it's sort of combining all three things together and I suppose the people that that course turns out some people some good friends of mine work in the film industry uh, working on some fairly sort of high name films Um, some people work for sort of recording companies working on sort of mobile classical recordings things like that Uh, some people work in studios like Abbey Road Um, some people do work for sort of forensic um, police work and things like that it's quite a broad broad spectrum so in the league table of composing from symphonic works to film scores to hit records where does a jingle writer sit (laughs) It's a funny old thing. I mean, when I say to people, the, the, the question that's always a, a funny one to answer is, is 
when I meet people I don't know and they say, so so what do you do? And I, and I, uh, I take a, an intake of breath and, and wonder how it's going to end up the other end of when I finished explaining it, it to them. Um, and it's funny because the word, the word jingle itself, I think, sort of conjures up some fairly uh, interesting connotations for a lot of people. I don't think most people who are non-radio people really know quite what jingles are, really and you know maybe associated with all sorts of things um and would you have known if you hadn't worked at eagle radio when you were studying i would have totally known as as a matter of fact because when i was actually in in my uh, my final year at university and i was kind of thinking what what would be my ideal job and uh i was listening to the radio and i was thinking those 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 bits of music that they play i'd love to write those and uh, I did, I, you know, I, I knew that they were jingles at the time, and um, I didn't really quite know how to get into doing that. Um, and somehow, by a series of, of uh, luck and hard work, I've sort of managed to end up doing it, which is, is fantastic. But what I mean, what I would say, I, I consider myself as a as a writer to be very, very fortunate to well to make a living out of writing music when a lot of people don't these days and also I, what i really think is is probably the best thing about jingle writing is the sheer breadth of music that you get to write um there isn't a style of music that i don't enjoy i mean a typical day for example the week coming up i will be doing a big band thing next week and then other stuff that's going to be like the sort of latest kind of deep house tracks of today it's a really nice enjoyable broad spectrum uh, and does the experience of, of having worked at a radio station help you make better jingles? I, I think it's really, really helpful doing this job to have worked in a radio station and to know how these bits of music are going to actually be used the other end and have some idea of, of um, not only how they're going to be used, but but how um, how stations have their priorities of things like they want something to be short and sharp and to the point and and maybe sort of not clash with the music that follows and all all sorts of other things that that perhaps if you didn't have a radio background you might not necessarily automatically know about so so what are the characteristics of a you know from a composer's point of view what are the characteristics of a good jingle i think the key thing is positivity really um, I think whenever you kind of write a piece of music, I think the first thing that you've got to have in mind is what what you're doing is essentially something that's going to make people feel good about the station that they're listening to. I think and and doing that and, and sort of saying it in as short a time as possible, really. Let's have a little listen now uh, to some of your new work for Eagle Radio. It goes on air uh, this week, and uh, let's play a cut, and you can dissect it for me and explain what's going on. Okay. This package is a resing of a, uh, a BRMB package, and so cut one. That was uh, a kind of uh, homage to a lot of the kind of uh, sort of poppy, dancey stuff that was kind of coming out around that time. Sort of Lady Gaga-ish, that sort of sort of sound. Um, quite synthy, and you know, Lady Gaga very much would be on the playlist of Eagle Radio now. Yeah, yeah. So you say that's a resing. But have you adapted or changed the track itself to modernise it in those five years? So there's a, a few things that have been going on to sort of customise this package uh, for Eagle Radio because their requirements were a little bit different. I mean, for a start, the logo had to change because there are different numbers of letters. 
numbers of uh, notes for their Eagle radio. They needed a five-note logo rather than the four of BRMB. Um, But also other things uh, that they wanted, uh, various length donuts, um, long, minute-long ramps that they can use up to the top of the hour, uh, things like that. And also light mixes that also weren't part of the original uh, BRMB package. Okay, I'm going to play another one now. Stand by. That's me on the end, and it's not really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I happen to have with me an Eagle Radio listener who's also my daughter. Fantastic. Uh, Hannah, say hello to Ollie. Hello, Ollie. Hi, Hannah. You've got a very good name. You have the same name as my wife. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to ask Ollie about that work? I like it. I like the tunes. And for the voices in it and the singing, who did you get to do that? So the main voice that you hear in that is a, a singer we use called Tori, who is a wonderful singer. She does a lot of uh, work for us, um, and she's a lovely girl and an absolutely incredible talent. Very, very, very quick at what she does, very musical, and she's she's someone we've worked with uh, a lot. And so it's kind of, it's really nice. So So we know her and she knows us in a way, so she knows what we want from her and we kind of know what she will do. Okay. You wanted to ask something about the voice on the very end, Hannah. What was oh, that? Oh, yeah, the ho-ho-ho bit. Uh, I, so I had to go to Lapland uh, for that. So uh, I, I went on a plane with uh, uh, Peter Gordon and we went over to Lapland and went to uh, Santa's Grotto and we took a, a little microphone with us there. Just a small one that would go on the plane. Just, yeah. just, just a small one yeah. that would go on a plane, hand luggage only that trip. And uh, we went to see Father Christmas and and his elves, and we said, "I'm, you know, I know you're really, really busy at this time of year, but if you could just give us a little ho 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 that we could put on the end of this jingle for for Peter, we'd we'd be delighted." And and Father Christmas, being such a lovely guy that he is, he he obliged us. That's quite a long journey just for a ho ho ho. <laughs> but it was well worth it. Yeah, thank you. That's a pleasure. Nice speaking with you, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. It's bedtime for her now. <laughs> How did you actually move from uh, the training and the Tom Meister course at Surrey University into somebody who is actually, you know, writing specifically writing jingles for a living? What, how did you make that transition? Uh, via a series of uh, luck and, and hard work. So basically, I started working at Classic FM shortly after the Eagle. Uh, I might say just doing a an admin job, which by my standards I wasn't really very good at mm-hmm. <laughs> but I managed I managed to stick at it enough um and at the same time I was playing in, in a uh, a cover span and, and sort of had two two careers going a part-time sort of administrative radio job going and also earning money as a professional musician on the side um one night I managed to get talking to the then uh, uh program director actually was managing editor at the time of Classic FM and told him about how I'd done the the Tonmeister course and was really interested in in that kind of thing and and he 
then suggested that I get involved with tech hopping, playing out some of the uh, the programs on the station, which I did gladly, and that then led to a full time uh, producing job at Classic FM, and I had the uh, the the fun of working with. Various. I, I sort of looked after the celebrity roster, if you like, so people like Mylene Class, Ali Jones, Katie Derham, um, and Mark Goodyear was one of them. And we, I was doing the Classic FM chart with Mark Goodyear, spending a good three hours with him every Saturday morning. And <clears throat> I knew about Wise Buddha, and, and uh, I was very keen to do some stuff for him. So I, I, I dropped hint after hint after hint. I think I probably put more effort into suggesting to Mark that I might quite like to do jingles and, and maybe I did <laughs> doing the chart show while I was there um, as was proved the morning that we played the same piece back to back um, and uh, Mark tried me out on some things and one thing led to another and I, and I was writing more and more jingles and then I, I actually then went part-time at Classic FM while I was doing more jingles and, and then uh, a few years ago I left there and now I, I do jingles full-time and what's it like to hear your work on the air? It's kind of weird, actually. Um, it's it's something like so. So I listen to Radio Two quite a lot, and they they sort of this this sounds a bit sort of pretentious in a way when you hear about sort of people who do songs and then they sort of go off and have a life of their own. But it's it, it, there's a weird kind of disconnect in a way that they sort of become like the sort of fabric of what's around you and you sort of forget that you did it in a way it's kind of weird but it's also nice very nice Well, Peter Gordon's got a lot of cuts in this package. He better not leave. <laughs> it's like, always, I was having this conversation with some clients today. Actually, if you're a breakfast show presenter, always, always fear the generic jingle. <laughs> you never know quite when when you'll you'll be going. It used to be um, postcards in the rack in reception. You know, there would be a, a presenter postcard for everybody on the schedule. Then you go in one morning and yours isn't there. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was going on in that cut? Because a male solo at the beginning of the track. There is. I might say first of all, actually, there's there's two versions of all of these jingles. There's there's some. Um, there is each one of them has a Peter Gordon version, um, and there's also a uh, 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 just a, a the, the feared generic one though that can run all day. That can run all day. That that, that gets filled up with voiceovers and other things. Um, so this one, this this is sort of uh, sort of anthemic pop. Um, they were very keen to have something that was uh, emotive, uh, to use their word. Say something uh, that really sort of trying to engage on an emotional level with listeners. Um, and so this is a sort of a much longer cut than the other ones. I think it's about 30 seconds long uh, and, and builds. So it sort of starts off quietly with uh, the acoustic guitar and everything. And then the, the drums come in and the strings and uh, climaxes to a rousing finale. <laughs> and when you are writing music in this diverse range of different styles, uh, do you get the opportunity to work with orchestras live musicians or are you having to emulate those sounds uh you know on a laptop using computer programs and samples it purely depends on budget really i mean at one end of the scale it was it, um, bbc radio 2 and we used the bbc concert orchestra who were fantastic and also a, a big band of 
basically the the, the 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 top players. That's a great train set to get to play with, isn't it? It was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, when when the when I saw the list of musicians who were going to be playing it, I <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was just fantastic. I mean, that that was you know that that was superb. I mean, the thing about samples is it's a bit of a blurred line these days because I guess the way that we try to do things, the best way of doing things, it is by being faithful to the, the, the type of music that you're being influenced by. And a lot of today's pop doesn't have what you would call, inverted commas, real instruments in it anyway. Or if they are, they're augmented by other things. So if it's, I, I don't think you very often hear a live drum kit these days in, in its um, sort of natural state. It's normally lay, layered up with all sorts of other drums as well. So yeah, when people talk about samples, I, I, it's it's kind of I mean again, it's virtual instruments quite often are recordings of the real instrument that that you then sort of play yourself. So it's kind of a grey area, really. Uh, so emulating the sound of the music that's played on these stations actually involves emulating their production techniques as well. Absolutely, and that's changing all the time. I mean, that that's another thing that actually makes this job so interesting because I guess if you were a songwriter, you'd kind of get known for doing the same thing all the time potentially whereas it's it's really exciting you know I, I listen to all sorts of music and um, that, that that comes in and, and there's new production tricks and I think oh, that's really you know that's really cool I wonder how I can sort of bring that idea into uh what I do sometimes I wonder if it even works the other way around there's 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 sort of production tricks that I hear in records and think hang on, we've been doing that in jingles for the <laughs> for the last two years I wonder if I wonder if somewhere someone's listened to that and thought you know that would sound great in a song I'd like to think so so you started your radio career at uh, Eagle Radio and from this Tuesday your jingles are going to be on air on the station every day. Are you going to be tuning in? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I do listen to uh, Eagle Radio. Excellent. Well, uh, your work is on uh, Radio 2, on the Nick Grimshaw Breakfast Show on Radio 1. It's across the Bauer Network, on the BBC Asian Network. Uh, if you're in the Midlands, you can hear it on Free Radio and Gem 106. Uh, Ollie Melville-Smith from this Tuesday on your own hometown station Eagle Radio as well <laughs> thank you very much uh, for your time today thank you Steve it's been a pleasure Radio. now here is uh, an unexpected pleasure he's just come off air he's on Outside Source 1 sending clean feeds to Peter Gordon Hi, Steve. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. So we've been talking to Ollie, who wrote your new jingles. You've just come off air. What are they like to use in the show? Uh, yeah, fantastic. And I mean, do you know what I liked about the package? And I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Steve. You know, I, I thought long and hard about all this. It's our first jingle change for quite some time. Um, the jingles we, we've been using, um, and particularly with the Sonic ID at the end that we've become very familiar with around the area to the point where you walk into, I don't know, if you walk into schools and things like that and you say you're from Eagle Radio, they sing it back at you, that sort of stuff. You know, So for a big jingle change, it was quite a big moment. So we, we did a bit of searching long and hard, and I have to say, Ollie, uh, just who obviously is Guildford-based, came, came to see us and just sat through with him and went through it. And... Today, with the jingles that went out, it was absolutely spot on how I said to him I wanted the station to sound. So you can't get much better than that, really, can you? Have the listeners noticed? 
Uh, yes, funnily enough, they have. Although I suppose they say funnily enough, why wouldn't they, I suppose? Because, um, you know, particularly on a breakfast show and particularly on a heritage breakfast show, which we've got here, uh, you know, things are, people set their clock by it, you know. I mean, we, we have listening panels where people confirm that. They sort of say, oh, I've got to be in the shower by the time the mystery voice comes on or I've got to be in the car by the time Thousand Pound Minute comes on. And they're always at set times. That's the beauty of breakfast benchmarking, of course. So, Yes, I suppose it's not surprising, therefore, that uh, any change really to anything that you do on the radio show um, will be picked on problem pretty quick. So, yep, texts and uh, mentions and uh, people saying, oh, that's a bit of a change and all oh, they're a bit funky and all that sort of stuff. So, yes, very much uh, noticed by the listener. And how much time did you get to practice with them in the studio? Because you're a busy man. Uh, how much time did I get to practice in the studio? I would say about a minute. <laughs> Um, uh, but in fairness, because my uh, colleague, uh, Rob Wallace, who is uh, effectively our jingle meister, really, at UKRD, uh, Rob uh, took this on as a project for me. And he obviously, uh, I trust him implicitly, have uh, worked with him for many, many years. And, and he, this is his number one thing. So when you've got someone like that to be able to work with, you know everything's going to be OK. And I suppose to a certain extent, you know, when, when, when you've <laughs> we've been doing this a while, <laughs> um, as long as you know where the ins and the outs are then actually you're okay and isn't it great that the jingles are written by someone who grew up and lives in guildford he's a guildford resident he's an eagle radio listener and a former intern on your show it's true and and do you know the thing is the thing is steve you know when things are going to be right when everything like that falls into place because obviously i was being guided as i'd already mentioned i was being guided by the sound that I wanted and who could provide that for me. Um, it ended up being uh, Ollie and Ollie's package. And, and of course, everything else, therefore, became apparent as to uh, how we'd known Ollie before and the fact that he's uh, very much locally based for us. So you just know it's going to be right when those sort of cards fall into place. And did you know, did you realise when Ollie was working with you what a talented sausage he was? No, but I, I, and, and isn't it great? And, you know, isn't it fab that... Uh, in the radio industry, you know, if you really do apply yourself as a business like uh, like Eagle does and like UKRD does to to making sure that we can bring through talent, isn't it great that they go on to be people like Ollie? And I mean, that's the truth within uh, our company and particularly in Eagle. I've got people that work in the station here that came through that same system that Ollie does, and they're now managers here. You know, they're head of departments. Um, that that's great to have, and and Ollie is part of that as well. So yes, no, you're right. It's a uh, a real pleasure. And January, of course, brings a huge anniversary for you personally. Um, yeah, for me personally, but but also for for Eagle Radio as a, a commercial radio station. So. Yeah, 4th of January is the 20th birthday of Eagle Radio, 7.45, uh, 4th of January 1996, I'll never forget it. Um, and uh, yes, the radio show, the breakfast show itself, um, although it's been through various incarnations over time, um, yours truly <laughs> yours truly seems to have got away with it for that long. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big day, big month. We're going we're gonna to actually celebrate it through the year, really, with various things that we're going to do. Um, a joyous occasion, because I think, uh, you know, um, obviously any... Uh, 
a landmark for a radio station, I think, is important. You have to be a bit careful with it because it can be very important for you and the team. For the listener, maybe not so much because um, they haven't always been listening for that time, although we know people that have. Um, so, yes, it's definitely something we're going to mark, but at the same time, obviously, make sure that we continue to do the job that we're supposed to do day in, day out, whatever the year. And for people who aren't familiar with Eagle Radio, we shouldn't underestimate its performance. It's, you know, your station sits totally within the TSA of all the London stations. You're in part of the UK with the highest digital penetration and yet still doing 24% reach, nearly a million hours a week, one in four people in the area listening every week. Did you ever imagine you'd be doing those numbers 20 years on? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, actually, funny enough, the latest rage I was given is 27%. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, but I'm not quibbling. That's within the 3% <laughs> margin, isn't it? I, I, um, did I imagine it? Uh, no, because I'll, I'll be honest, when we started in 96, Steve, if I remember rightly, the figures then were around 10%. You know, the it had all sort of gone a little bit downhill, if I'm absolutely honest, in terms of audience figures. So to have, um, you know, that many people uh, consistently... Uh, listening and and marking down that they're listening um is 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 fantastic um but I will just say one thing, Steve, that I think, and you know, obviously Rajar is important. It's the common currency that we all use. Well, at least those of us that sign up for it. Um, for me, though, knowing that you can impact for your clients, for people that listen, for the community feedback and bits and pieces that we do, that's that's the audience research that I love. Because if you know that if the business is going well, if people are keeping coming back and advertising, you know you're reaching out there. You don't necessarily need the 24, 25, 27%, whatever it might be. You know it's working when you get that sort of involvement. And also when you get people who care about the radio station enough to either let us know about something, whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, for me, 20 years on, to have that impact, to be truly doing it in a local way without being parochial. So what I think we've done is I think we've taken the best bits of local radio how it used to be, and we've made it work in the 21st century. And that is our business. And as the the field's clear, because everyone else goes into networking and national branding and all the rest of it, that's fine, by the way. That's another part of the business. Of course, it's left the field clear for us. So our local business dominance in terms of what we make from revenue here, and also, of course, obviously people that listen, uh, is 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 great and continues to grow. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a great landmark. It's fabulous to feel that we are that involved all these years on. But uh, it is something we've definitely worked at, and it has been part of a, an overall strategy. Peter, it's great to talk to you. It's great to hear you on the air in the morning now with the new jingles from uh, Ollie Melville Smith and Wise Buddha. Thank you uh, for being within earshot on the first podcast of our new series. Steve, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be on. Thank you. Now, have you read David Lloyd's book, How to Make Great Radio? <laughs> I have dipped in and out of it. Someone <laughs> gave it to me whenever it came out. Actually, funny enough, it's one of, it arrived on my desk. So, yes, I have d- dipped in and out of it, of course. It's a fantastic read, and David's going to be here next time uh, picking out, teasing out some promo and production tips uh, for you on the podcast. I notice he has yet to write a chapter on how to make great radio while starring in pantomime. <laughs> that, that's that's for you to write what yeah. are you doing Dame Dolly Trot uh, uh, right well it's my te- it's my 10th one in a row can you believe it's just another example of I, I couldn't believe I'm still doing this anyway 10 years on uh, yeah Dame Dolly Trot Jack and the Beanstalk at Guildford's Ivan Arno Theatre along with um, 
Uh, other great variety greats, including uh, Dilly Keen. People may know her from the fascinating Aida uh, Cabaret Circus and also others like Kit Heskett Harvey, who was in Kit and the Widow, you may remember, um, and, and others as well. It's a, it's a great show, and, uh, and thank you. Thank you for mentioning it, Steve. I appreciate it. Peter, always a pleasure. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on the new jingles. Bless you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks to PG, thanks to Ollie, and if you go to earshotcreative.com, you'll find show notes and photos, including one of Peter Gordon in drag. It's all part of the service, earshotcreative.com. And if you're making promotions and imaging work for radio and would like to be part of our podcasts, do let me know. I'd love to hear from you. We've got a load of things lined up in the months ahead, but are always open to good ideas, so do get in touch. Meanwhile, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time with David Lloyd. Earshot with Steve Martin.